We are in week two of a three-week series entitled um, God's Limitless. That's the title, God's Limitless. And what we're doing is that we're dealing with some of the attributes of God. Last week, we talked about God's limitless presence. Today, we're talking about God's limitless knowledge is what we're going to talk about. So let's go. We got a lot of ground to cover, and I'm really excited about this message. And I want you to be prepared, if you would, please. I want to call you to the altar. I'm going to, I'm going to do this. I'm trusting that we'll have the time frame to be able to do that at the end of the service. But I want you to just be open to maybe what God would want to do with you personally and intimately regarding this word that we're going to speak here today. So the Bible declares to us, Psalm 145, verse 3, and it says this. David says these words. He says, great is the Lord and most worthy of praise. His greatness no one can fathom. His greatness no one can fathom. So let me ask you personally, how great is your God? Because the fact of the matter is not one of us. David says, no one can fathom the greatness of our God. Just when you think you've understood how great he is, you realize, wait a minute, there's a whole lot more to the story than what I know. There is a limit to what our finite mind can comprehend about our infinite God. And just about the time that you think you figured God out, all of a sudden God does something and he blows you out of the water with his uh, uh, omniscience, with his power, with his presence, and with his, his all-knowing. And it's just incredible what God does. And uh, so God blows us out of the water. Go with me to Isaiah chapter 44. And it says in verse 6 through 8, it says, this is what the Lord says. Israel's king and redeemer, the Lord Almighty, I am the first and I am the last. Apart from me, there is no God. Who then is like me? Let him proclaim it. Let him declare and let him lay, uh, lay out before me what has happened since I established my ancient people and what is yet to come. Yes, let them foretell what will come. Do not tremble. Do not be afraid. Did I not proclaim this and foretell it long ago? You are my witnesses. Is there any God besides me? Oh, come on, church. You got to believe that more. Is there any God besides me? No, there is not. And he says that no, no, uh, there is no other rock. I know not one is what God says. There is, uh, there is no God like our God. Isaiah 55 says that his ways are higher than our ways. Our, his thoughts are higher and greater than our thoughts. The fact of the matter is, is that God is amazing. Come on, give me an amen. God is amazing. When Jesus came to this planet some 2,000 years ago, he wasn't some dull, some dry, some boring person, not at all. Not at all. When Jesus was, was walking here on this planet, Jesus was the most amazing person to ever step foot on this planet. Can you think about that with me? This is God who came and lived among us. This is God who came into our world. He was filled with life and with healing, giving hope to the hopeless. Crowds would rush around Jesus when he would come around. In fact, the, the Bible tells us in Luke chapter 6, it's talking about the fact that the power of God, the power of God was, was coming from him and people would be healed. It says in, in uh, Luke chapter 6, verse nine, it's 19, it says these words, and the people all tried to touch him, tried to touch him because power was coming from him and healing them all. Can you imagine can you imagine what it would be like to have Jesus walking among us? He walk in here. I don't know about you, but I would be the, I'd push you all out of the way just so I can get to him first. Just imagine Jesus coming and being among us. Literally, this was, this, this was God who was among us. It is God in the flesh. They could see him. 
They could hear him. They could watch him. They could touch him, the, the scriptures are telling us. Jesus had huge crowds wherever he would go. Boring, dull? <laughs> I don't think so. I don't think he was ever boring or he would be ever dull. So Jesus would bring life and he would bring hope. Jesus would bring healing and recovery. He was, he was amazing every moment of the day, every moment of the hour, he was amazing. And there are some things, I said this last week, there are some things, some things that, that we can learn from God, some things we can understand about God. We may not get it all right now, but we have some things that we can learn. But my challenge and my fear is today for my assignment on this particular day is that I want to talk to you about our God. I want to talk to you about how great God is, and I want you to know him better is what I want. So I want to take the time to speak this word so that you would know him better. But how do you take... How do you take the most amazing being in the entire universe and try to explain, try to describe our infinite God? How do you do that? How are you able? How am I able to do that? I, I, I know I can't. So I'm praying that as I speak and whatever we're talking about, that all of a sudden you're going to get some vision in your mind. You're going to see something that you weren't expecting to see. That God is going to prove himself to you today in one way. I believe he's doing it through the entire series last week and as well as today. So King David, King David throws out a warning and he says, when you think about God, he talks about when you think about God, when you and I are thinking about God. Now listen to me. You know, there are many from Hollywood. There are many from the media and from the government itself. There are many from, uh, who are talk show hosts who, who uh, mock our God. They mock God, they belittle God, and somehow or another they think they're getting away with it. I mean, I've heard things on TV. I've seen things in the news. I've heard our politicians. And some of these things that I hear are just mind-boggling to me. Anybody else have a mind-boggling mind? Come on, give me an amen. Okay, so here's what he says in Psalm 50. Love this. Psalm 50, verse 21. He says these words. He says, um, these things you have done, and I kept silent. Remember what we just talked about. I just told you what we see typically, how people mock God. And he says, these things you have done, and I kept silent. You thought, you thought that I was altogether like you. Then he goes on to say, he says, but, he says, but I will rebuke you and set them in order before your eyes, is what God says. So he's saying something like this. He's saying, uh, these things that you, have, that, that, uh, that you have done and I kept silent, there's a reason for that is what he's saying. There's a reason why he is, he is being silent. And then he says these words. He, he says these words. He says, and you thought that I was just like you. You thought that, that I'm going to put up with like you put up with certain things that happen in your life. You thought that I was just like you. And he's not. And you see, that's the problem that we all have as humans. Somehow or another, we have the ability and the gall to be able to uh, dumb down God in some way. We somehow or another try to dumb him down. And really what we think, we simply and ignorantly convince ourselves that God is only but a better version of us. He's only but a better version of me. I mean, look at this. I mean, God is, you know, just a little bit better version of who I am. It's what we, what we think, and it really, that's not true. In Isaiah 44, love this. Isaiah 44, God says these words. He says, who then is like me? Let him proclaim it. Let him declare and lay out before me what has happened since I established my ancient people and what is yet to come. Yes, let them foretell what will come. 
You see, what God is saying is this, who is like me? Who is like me? And the fact of the matter is there's no one. There is no one like our God. No one compares to our God. Amen. We believe that here at Word of Life. And God says, you thought that I was only someone just like you. And there's more to the story than all of that. The fact of the matter is no. No, our God is greater and more amazing than we could ever imagine this side of heaven. So sir, ma'am, teenager, whoever you may be in this room today, the day that you think that you can explain God, the day that you think that you can understand God, the truth of the matter is the only thing that you've created in that finite mind of yours is nothing but an idol. You and I are not going to be able to comprehend, we're not gonna be able to in this life here on earth to completely understand who God is. That won't happen here on planet earth. Augustine, he said these words, he says, God is not what you imagine or think you understand. If you think you understand God, then you have failed, is what Augustine says. You have failed. If anybody walks around pompous at Word of Life Church acting like they know it all, um, we, would, we would welcome you to go to another church because we don't know it all here and we're still learning and we're still growing in the things of God. And there's probably a church out there who think they know it all and maybe you would fit real well. And of course, I don't want anybody to leave. But the fact of the matter is, is that sometimes we have those kinds of thoughts within our heart, within our minds. God is greater than we could ever imagine or think he could be. Often the church talks about the church, how amazing the church is, as if we are amazing. <laughs> and the truth is, the truth is, church is not amazing. Let me say it again. I can get one amen. The church is not amazing. Not even close. Not even close. The only one that is amazing is God. God is the one who is amazing. So that all of you who are here today and listening to the podcast, so that all of you would know today at Word of Life, we, we, we know that it's not about us. We know that it's not about uh, our buildings, our programs, a, a particular person or people that attend Word of Life. It's not that at all. That is not the center of attraction at Word of Life Assembly of God Church. The most amazing person, the one that we celebrate, who is the center of all, uh, of all attraction, where the hope, who, who is the hope <clears throat> that we long for at Word of Life. And it is the God of the universe himself who is God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit is the only one that we give the highest praise and exaltation on high here at Word of Life. Come on, let's give the Lord a praise. You are worthy of all praise. Worthy of all praise, oh God. So in Ephesians chapter three, the apostle Paul um, tells us um, God always is trying to find ways for you and I to get to know him better. He is always willing and ready to do things so that you and I would walk away saying, I've just met with God, I've just talked with God, he's just spoken to my heart, however, whatever that may be. And there's reasons why he would do that, to reveal himself to you personally is because God loves you. He really loves you. I'm a father, four kids. I've got 15 grandchildren right now. I could use an extra few bucks for Christmas coming up if you wouldn't mind, but and I'm just kidding. But the fact of the matter is, is that as a father, you know what I'm talking about. We have many wonderful mothers in this room. Wonderful mothers. So uh, God reveals himself to you and I because he loves you so much. He wants you to know who he is. And if God brings you a revelation, it is my opinion there's a reason for the revelation. 
If all of a sudden you hear something of God, you see something of God, in my opinion, there's a reason for that. And I think the number one reason for that is so that people would get saved. I believe that God wants people to get saved, to follow Christ, so, and that they would live with God forever and ever in this place called heaven. The second thing I believe the reason why God gives us this, this uh, revelation of who he is is because he wants to give us hope. He wants to give you and I hope. We're living in this world. It's a wicked world. It's a vile world filled with sin, all kinds of sin. You're sinning. I'm sinning. This world is filled with sin. And God wants to give you and I hope and expectation for healing, for deliverance, for faith, to see God do some amazing things in and through your and my life, that God would do amazing things for us and in us and through us. And, uh, and so God is saying something like this. This is who I am, and this is what I'm about, and this is what I will do as your God. Go with me to Acts chapter 17. Acts chapter 17, and it says these words. It says, God has done all this so that we would look for him and reach out and find him. He isn't far from any of us. He gives us the power to live, to move, and to be who we are. We are his children, just as some of your poets have said. The fact of the matter is, he truly is an amazing God. And he truly is looking to reach people, whoever and wherever they may be. C.S. Lewis, who was a previous atheist, this is centuries, not centuries, but a long time ago, decades ago. And um, he was a, an, an atheist in, uh, in um, Oxford. And then he got saved in Oxford. He ended up being a born-again Christian believer, follower of Jesus. And uh, no one, he says, no one could ever think of a God like this who would give his life and die for the guilty. Let me say it again. This is what C.S. Lewis says. No one could ever think up a God like this. Who could, give up his, who, who could give his life and die for the guilty. Such unconditional love. Church, I want you to know I've got a fire burning in me right now. I really do. I've got a fire burning in me and I want people to know God. I want people to learn about how amazing our God is. He's not just a step up or two of a version of you or me. He is much greater than all of that. And I want you to know him. I want you to know him. There's that fire burning in me that I want people to know God. And right now, I want you to know, as we're coming to the close of this year, my sights are set right now on three major upcoming events that we're going to be experiencing here in these next, uh, in these next couple of, of months. So let me just share them with you, and I want, uh, this is going to be projected so that you can follow along. The three upcoming events, the, step, the first one is step number one in our life path. This coming, as was mentioned in the video, this next um, this next sun, uh, yeah, Sunday afternoon is going to be Life Path uh, number one is where we're going to be. Now, let me explain that to you very quickly. Life Path at Word of Life is our membership process. It's how you can become a member. There's three steps to our process. So step number one is this next week, and it guides you to discover your redemptive purpose and uh, that you could live your life uh, with God, with what he would have. He's created you for a purpose. He has a plan for your life. And we want to help you with that. So we are looking forward to, to next Sunday to be step number one. Then the next week would be step number two. And the next week would be step number three. The second event that, the second event that I, I also uh, would like to talk to you about is, is really, really, really exciting to me. Uh, it always brings a big crowd, and I'm excited about people coming to church to find Christ. They come here and they find Christ. The second step that we're, I'm excited about with what we're looking for is what we call at the movies. 
It is our At The Movies event. Now, At The Movies is a very different kind of series that we're going to be doing. Uh, some of you have been here for a number of years. You've been experiencing that. Uh, for some of you, you've never been he- here for one of these yet. And so we're going to introduce that to you tonight, today. Uh, it is a very different kind of series because Jesus did something when he taught spiritual truths. Jesus would take a modern day story of that particular time and then Jesus would use that modern story to bring, a, to bring life to the people. They would hear the story that Jesus would talk about and it would bring life. Well, in the Bible, those things are called parables. When Jesus would do that, it's called a parable. And actually, um, this series does the very same thing. We are taking a modern day movie right out of Hollywood. We're taking a modern day movie, <clears throat> a story to help people understand some of the spiritual truths of God and his word. And we're going to be doing that, by the way, we're going to be doing that on, uh, it begins on November, uh, November 17th is week one, number, uh, November 24 is week two, December one is week three, and we're going to be doing four series, four uh, movies this year, and that is going to be on December 8th. So I'm looking forward for you to be a part of all of that. And uh, the last and final thing that I'm really excited about that I want everybody to know is um, what's taking place for our Christmas Eve services. I'm really excited about that. We have a great, great crowd. If you haven't been here on Christmas Eve, I'm telling you the place is packed out and it is so moving. And we just, we really want to encourage you to be a part of all of this. And our Christmas services are going to be December 23rd and December 24th. We've been doing two services now for a number of years. We have a big crowd that comes out, so we're encouraging you to be a part of that. Both of those services are going to start at 6 p.m. So there's Life Path that I'm talking about. There is At The Movies that I'm talking about. And there are our Christmas services, and it is a perfect, perfect time to invite your family, to invite your friends to any and all of these events that are taking place at Word of Life. If you're considering doing that, at least give me an amen. Amen. Okay, thank you. I really, really appreciate it. So let's move forward. Let's talk about our amazing God today. He is, he is perfect, um, and he is wonderful, and he is great and glorious. Um, He is uh, also our omnipresent God. Now, we talked about the omnipresent sides of of God, and let me just say this much from last week. Uh, Omnipresence means that God is everywhere. He is an omnipresent God. He is is everywhere is what we discovered last week. Another thing that we learned about our omnipresence of God is the fact that he has the inner presence of God. The inner presence of God is when the Holy Spirit comes and dwells within you. When you've given your life to Jesus, he resides in you. When you're baptized in the Holy Spirit, the power of the Spirit of God is now released in your life and God does amazing things in and through our lives. And then the third thing is is that... um, that we, we experience is, is the manifest presence of God. The manifest presence of God is when he makes his presence known among us, where God shows up in such a powerful way. Our lives are changed. We have heard from God. We have been inspired by God. God changes our lives for the good, and his purpose and plan is going to be fulfilled in and through our lives. So let me now jump into talking about, just for a few minutes, our omniscient God our omniscient God, our all-knowing God, because that's the title of the message. So let's dig into that. A few scriptures I want to read to you. We find in in, uh, Psalm 147. Psalm 147, verse five, it says, great is our Lord almighty. Great is our Lord and mighty in power. His understanding has no limit. Scripture after scripture talks about the fact of our God is an all-knowing God. 
We can't comprehend that, but he is an all-knowing God. Psalm 37, verse 16. I think this is a cool verse. Listen to these words. It's, uh, it's, it's said here, it says, do you know how the clouds hang poised? Those wonders of him who has perfect knowledge? Have you ever thought about that? I have. There's certain times in the, the, the season when the, the, the clouds for shape and form things and Marianne and I try to come up with what that looks like. You know, there's, there's a duck up there in, in that cloud right now, whatever, whatever those things are. We also find in the scriptures in 1 John chapter 3, verse 20, it says, if our hearts condemn us, we know that God is greater than our hearts because he knows everything is what the scripture says. He knows everything. A word just came down for me uh, while service was taking place with Joe and he just said, Pastor, I, I'm really feeling that, that the church needs to know that how many of you know that you're forgiven? How many know that you're forgiven? Come on, raise your hand. Put your hands down. How many know that you have forgiven yourself? Uh, that's a little bit tougher, isn't it? And it is a good word. It is a good point. We are forgiven by God. We are forgiven by God is what the scriptures make clear to each and every one of us um, with 1 John 3.20. And uh, throughout human history, mankind has taken great pride in, the accomplish in their accomplishments. The wisdom, the cleverness, the inventiveness, the creativity of all that man has done over thousands and thousands of years. And you know what? It is, it is rather impressive, impressive, as if they have done it all on their own. So let me show you another scripture, 1 Corinthians chapter 3, verses 18 through 20. And listen to what God says. Do not deceive yourselves. Do not deceive yourselves. If any of you think that you are wise by the standards of this age, you should become fools so that you may become wise. For the wisdom of this world, the things that we stand around and we boast about and we talk about as if we are really something amazing. He goes on to say, for the wisdom of this world is foolishness in God's sight. As it is written, he catches the wise in their craftiness. And again, the Lord knows the thoughts of the wise are futile. They're futile. A.W. Towser says these words, in one effortless act, God knows instantly and perfectly all things that can be known. I read it again. In one effortless act, God knows instantly and perfectly all things that can be known. Word of life, church. Word of life, church. God is, God is not like us. He is greater than us. He is higher than us. I want you to hang with me just for a moment here because the dimensions that we experience in this life, what we, you and I experience day to day, the dimensions that we're dealing with in this life that we experience are time and space. We experience in this life time and space. Our, our, um, our space awareness as humankind is three-dimensional. Three-dimensional. Now, I want to help you to understand the length and the width and the depth of space. I want you to understand this. So church, bear with me. As your professor this morning, bear with me and allow me, if you would please, to use my head as a scientific phenomenon. Yeah. To help us to understand space and, uh, and awareness. So let me use my head to do this. So. Right here is hair. There's hair here. Right here, there's no hair. Hair is all gone right there. So here is hair. You can touch it. 
Yeah, you can feel it. You can hold it. You can twirl it. You can, you can tease your hair. I do it all the time. That's why it looks like this. So right here is, is hair. But then here, can you hear that? Nothing. No hair. There's no hair there. So that, my, my friends and my class, uh, that is the scientific phenomena that I have just shared with you as your professor uh, at Word of Life Church. This proves space and awareness. All right? You get it? Give me an amen. You get it. All right. And our experience with time, this is a little bit more serious. Our experience with time, for all of us, time is only one-dimensional. In other words, we can't go back in time. You and I can't go forward in time. We can't speed up time. We can't slow down time. And one of our, uh, 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 our one-dimensional experience of time traps us in sequential events. In other words, this happens and this happens, then that happens, and then that happens, is all that you and I know. That's all that we know. But with our God, because he is amazing God, it is nothing like this with our God. It is nothing like this at all. It is nothing like this at all. We do know that God has at least three-dimensional awareness of time. He has at least a three-dimensional uh, uh, awareness of time. In Revelation chapter one, verse eight, it says these words, God says, I am the alpha and the omega, says the Lord God, who is and who was and who is to come, the almighty. Our all-knowing God is the beginning and the end. He uh, who is, who was, and who is to come. He is the almighty. And that means God knows everything. God knows everything. Our amazing all-knowing, literally knows everything. He knows everything, our all-knowing God. Our God is at least three-dimensional. Right now, God sees our beginning. You need to understand this is a little bit freaky, but you need to understand this. He, is, he sees our beginning. In other words, God is right now, he's there. He's in our very beginning. When we were conceived in the womb, however, wherever we are in life, however old or young we would be, he's there right now. Right now, God sees the very end of your life. You need to understand that God is there right now at the end of your life. When you've taken that final breath in this life, we just did a series on life and death. Past few weeks, a few weeks ago, we, we did that series. And then God, yes, God sees the middle of your life. He sees the middle of your life. In other words, he knows you from top to bottom. And God is right now, he's right there in the middle of your life. And just so you know, our amazing God is not wondering how your life is going this, these days because he knows. He's with you <coughs> and he knows what's going on all over this place. Thank you. <clears throat> I needed that. And should you be a guy or a gal that is here today and you're in trouble or maybe you're having issues or maybe you have a great need in your life. Listen to this. If you have committed your life to Jesus, he knows it all. He knows everything that's going on in your entire life. And our God is ever-present. He's ever-present and, ever and he is all-knowing. We're going to talk about that next. No, we're talking about knowing. And he is also all-powerful. That's what we're going to talk about next week. He is all-powerful. He has the power and the ability to give you what you need. 
even before you ask him. But he's waiting to be asked. He's waiting for you to call upon him and to look to him. You can be confident that God would say to you in your time of need, just hang in there. Hang in there. You can't see what I see right now. You need to hang in there. And all of us in this room have experienced those kinds of, of, of times in our lives when we just don't get it. We don't understand what's going on. Because our God has a complete understanding of our time and space. And again, our God knows everything. He's not a, just a genius. He's not just really wise. But he knows it all, literally. No question can stump him. No predicament can confuse him. No incident can surprise him. God has eternal, comprehensive, definitively perfect, unlimited, endless knowledge. Let me say that again. God has eternal, comprehensive, definitively perfect, unlimited, endless knowledge is what he has. A.W. Towser says these words, he says, because God knows all things perfectly, he knows nothing better than any other thing, but all things equally well. He never, dis he never discovers anything he is never surprised, he is never amazed, he, is, he never wonders about anything except, except when drawing men out for their own good, he does seek information or ask questions. Other than that, he does not need to ask a question. Our amazing God, our amazing God knows our past thoroughly, completely and totally our amazing God, he knows what we've done and he knows what's been done to each and every one of us. He knows it all. He knows it all. Psalm 139, verses one through six. Let me read that to you. Psalm 139, I love this. This is David. He says, you have searched me, Lord, and you know me. You know, my, you know when I sit down and when I rise. You perceive my thoughts from afar. You discern my going out and my lying down. You are familiar with all my ways. You are familiar with all my ways. Before a word is in my tongue, is on my tongue, you know complete, you know it completely. You hem me in from behind and before, and you lay your hand upon me. Such knowledge is too wonderful for me, too lofty for me to attain. There's way more good truth than bad as far as God knowing everything. It's amazing who he is and what he does. I want to share with you a story here. If God brings you a revelation, I said this just a few moments ago. If God brings you a revelation, there's a reason for the revelation. I personally believe that the number one thing that God wants to do is to see people get saved. People to commit their lives to Christ. Not committing to going to church, but committing their lives to Jesus. I believe that that's number one. I believe number two is that God is, is an all-knowing God and, and he wants you to know and you can expect that he will be there for you whenever you need him. He's always gonna be there. He will always be there. He knows who you are. He knows where you are and he knows what you need. He is a good God. He is a good God. I wanna share with you a, a story that is about a year and a half old. I've shared a little bit of this before. But I close off with this story. It's May 19th, 2018, and I did a burial service in Jordan, New York. Nick Andrianos, who is a part of our church, passed away that, that winter, and I did the burial in May. 
When I was finished with the burial, I felt prompted by God to go to Upstate University Hospital. It's about 11 o'clock in the morning, somewhere around there. I was prompted by God, I felt by God to go to Upstate Medical Hospital. And I thought that the reason why I was going to Upstate was to pray for a little four-month-old baby of our church by the name of uh, Jelena, 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 sorry, Cash, uh, Kassler. When I got to the hospital, I looked for uh, Jelena and she, she wasn't there. She was discharged. She went home and that was great. Now, I had heard, I had heard about a high school buddy many, many years ago. I had heard about a high school buddy by the name of Larry McCann who was pretty sick. And I knew that he lived in Texas. That's all I knew. That's all I knew. But when I, got to the hosp- uh, when, I, yeah, when I got to the hospital to look at the baby, to be with the baby, to pray with the baby, um, I just felt impressed to ask the attendant at the hospital, I asked, is Larry McCann in this hospital by any chance? She looked down to her notes and she says, yes, he is. He's in ICU and he's in very critical condition right now. And I was blown away. I had no idea whatsoever that he was here. I thought he was in Texas. And I don't even know why I asked the question, but I did. So anyhow, I found out that he was here. So I go to Larry's room and many family members are there. They are, they are there. All of them are weeping. Larry has tubes coming out of him everywhere. He is very, very, very sick, very critical. I introduced myself to his lovely wife by the name of Darlene. I introduced myself to, him, to her and, uh, and I said to her, and I said to her, um, uh, I haven't seen Larry in many years. I don't even know if he knows me. I don't even know if he knows who I am anymore. You know, it's been, been so many years. And Darlene said to me, she said, Larry has been asking for, you for, asking for you for a long time. And I looked at her and I said, what'd you say? And she says, he thinks of you all the time and he wants to meet you. He wants you to come together. Now we knew each other in high school, but I haven't seen him in 45 years. It's been, it's been a long time. I, I thought that that was incredible. And I asked his wife, I said, is it okay for me to pray for him? And she says, yes, please do. So I got up very close to Larry and very personal. And I said to him, Larry, this is Randy Chiz. Do you remember me? Now, mind you, his, his movements were very slow and he shook his head, yes, he remembered me. I said, Larry, it's really bad. It's really bad. Can I pray for you? And he shook his head, yes, again. Larry, God loves you. And he has a special gift that he wants to give you wants to give it to you really, really soon. And I said, and it's the gift of heaven. He wants you to go to heaven. Do you want to go to heaven? He shook his head, yes. I knew that, Ray, uh, that Larry was raised a Roman Catholic and I figured that he had some thought of God in his mind and in his heart. And I said to Larry, do you believe in Jesus? Again, shook his head very slow. He went to the cross for you and he died for your sin. And I said to him, I want to lead you in a prayer, sort of like I, what I do typically on a Sunday when I pray for people who would want to receive Christ, to give them your heart and your life. So anyhow, I did that. And I got very close to him. I was within an inch or two of his left ear, his right ear, I'm sorry. And I began to pray over him. I went very slow, very meticulous in my words. I wanted everybody to hear. There's probably 20 people in the room. I don't know how many, but there's a lot. And... Uh, and everybody, of course, is weeping. So I, I pray this, this prayer. And uh, when I concluded that short prayer, the, the, the whole family heard every word that I said. And you could feel the presence of God. There was just something there that was just so amazing in those moments. It was beyond my imagination 
with what we were experiencing. And I got down close to Larry one more time and I said to him quietly, Larry, did you pray that prayer with me? And he shook his head yes. And when he shook his head yes, tears are just flowing out of his eyes. Just flowing. Larry died very early the next morning. And he went to heaven. He had received Jesus as Lord and Savior. Darlene called me on the phone after his death and said, Pastor, would you mind, our family would love to have you do the funeral service for Larry. Would you mind doing that? I said, I would be honored. I would be honored to be a part of that in any way, shape, or form. Yes, I would love to do that. And uh, I did the dash. Many of you have heard my messages when I do a funeral, and it's the dash. And the dash is that little line between the beginning date and ending date of that life. And the dash is all about you, who you are. But in the midst of the dash, God gave his son. And so my challenge to everybody is make your dash count for others and put your trust in Jesus is what I tell people at funerals. Put your trust in Jesus. There were probably, I'm going to say, well over 200, probably even 300 people that were at the funeral service. A lot of them are my classmates. Larry was one year ahead of me. His brother, Jim, was one of my best friends in high school. We got in a lot of trouble together over the years. It's not a good story. I don't want to talk about it. But I shared the dash with the funeral, and many, many people responded to all of that. The God we serve is an all-knowing God. He knows you by name. He knows the need that you have in your life. He knows where you are. Now, this may sound a little bit pompous, and I don't mean to sound to be pompous at all. You know me. I'm not that kind of a guy. But I want you to understand, after that burial, I heard God tell me to go to upstate. I thought I was supposed to go pray for that little baby. I had no clue that that's where Larry McCann was at. And I just at a whim asked if he was there. And they said to me, yes, he is there. And that gave me that opportunity. Can I tell you this? God knew exactly where Larry was at. And God had a plan to use me, just amuse me, like he would want to and does use you to do the same thing, however that may look in your life. So I'm thinking today that there are a lot of us in this room, many of us, I don't know how many, but many of us in this room, we're sitting around thinking, God, do you even know what I'm going through? Do you know where I'm at? What are you going to do about this? I, I don't know what to do. At this point, for some of you, you're doing nothing but asking the question, why? Why is this happening to me? Why this? Now this. Why is this happening to me? And my friend, I'm here to tell you the truth. And the truth is this. The only way you're going to find out from God is if you seek him. The only way you're going to find out from God is if you knock on the door and if you would ask him to open and allow you to come in. He wants to meet you today to tell you with what's going on in your life so that you can have a purpose and a plan that he will lead you. Would you all stand to your feet with me, please? Would you stand to your feet? We're going to sing our last and final song. And I know that many of you, Many of you are dealing with marriage issues. Many of you are dealing with health issues. Many of you are dealing with financial issues, kid issues, parent issues, brothers and sister issues. That forgiveness thing, you haven't forgiven him or her yet. And God, the Holy Spirit made something known about that today in the service so that you would do, do something about it right now. I'm gonna ask you, when they start the song, that you would just come down and get yourself around the altar and make yourself known to God. Say, God, I need you right now. He says that he will show up. He will take us where we need to go.